Good morning. Welcome to First Saturdays on Bike Talk Radio. We, we are here today with our co-host John Jones from the Eastside Riders Bicycle Club in Watts. And Renee Jones is with us in spirit today because she is out doing her last-minute bridal planning for her wedding that's in, I guess, about a month and a half now. So um, she sends her apologies for not being able to join us today. Um, but we do understand, and we miss you today, Renee. We do miss you. Yeah, and I'm Elizabeth Williams from Cali Bike Tours in Long Beach, California, and we are so excited about our show here today. We have some very special guests, um, and we have a very um, we have a very important um, topic that um, we'll be discussing today. So, um, John, since we last talked last month, what's been going on with you? Uh, it's been a lot going on with the Side Riders Bike Club and myself in particular. Um, we've been trying to uh, get the word out about um, cyclists being hit and killed in our community. Um, um, the Torres family we met, I, I guess, about six months ago, and uh, we started doing this this uh, ghost bike um, ride. It's basically a ride for safety and justice um, for Benjamin Torres, who was struck down and killed um, October 10th of, of last year. And um, it, it just felt natural to us to say that we was going to do a bike ride with them every month. didn't matter if we find somebody um, that, that did it. We was going to do a bike ride every month to honor Benjamin Torres. Um, and we don't see it stopping. So since then, what we've done is we started um, looking into more um, people that was hit and killed in the community. Um, we found a guy, Sylvester Henderson, that was killed um, by the Metro over on Century and um, Grandee in Watts, and we, we placed a ghost bike there. I know about three years ago, it was a guy, Ovidio Morales. He was killed by a car that didn't stop, and um, we placed a ghost bike in Compton. Fortunately, that ghost bike was stolen. Um, so what we did was uh, the same day we did Sylvester Henderson's ghost bike, we went and put another ghost bike over in Compton for Ovidio Morales. Um, so we've we just been trying to get more in tune, continue to do rides in the community, continue to do the things that we do, give back to the community. But now we found a, a, a greater purpose to, um, to help leave the legacies of um, the folks that was here. Even if they wasn't um, in our bike club, we still want to show respect to, to um, bike riders in the community. That's wonderful that um, your organization is is taking um, cycling to another level. Like we really are a community. It doesn't matter if you're in Watts or Long Beach or if you're in Portland or if you're in the Netherlands. It, it doesn't matter. We're all we're all part of one group, and it's great to see that that we're supporting one another. And especially during um, difficult times like this, um, I was really um, interested when you brought up. Um, having the Torres family um, to join us on the show because this is a topic that doesn't get a lot of discussion. And some people think that um, to try to encourage more people to, to ride bikes, we shouldn't be talking about um, crashes or injuries or some of the negative negative things that are associated with, with riding bikes. But the reality is we do need to talk about these things because we need to create a safer environment um, and we need to do that by getting more bike infrastructure throughout 
um, Los Angeles County, so in Gardena and Watts and Long Beach and, and every other place so that people are safer on the roads, that they bicycles, bicycles are separated from traffic and that people, um, that would encourage more people to ride their bikes and it would make it safer for both, both the cyclists and for, for the motorists. And also um, bike education is very important as well. We, have, we do have people that ride bikes now but they're not necessarily riding properly. Um, they're not riding with the flow of traffic. They're not stopping at stop signs. Um, they're not being uh, wearing gear that's visible, that's causing them to be visible um, at night or in early mornings. So those are things that we'll talk about later, but um, we wanna bring attention to this and, and let people know that um, we are people, whether we are people of color, whether we are from low income, whether we are women, um, whether we're from the hood, we're mm -hmm. cyclists and we are not invisible. See me, I want you to see me and I want you to see us as cyclists. So I'm hoping today would, will bring some attention to that and bring attention to finding the, the person who um, committed this horrible crime with um, Benjamin Torres and um, that justice is served. So today in, in the studio, we have the family of Benjamin Torres. And um, we have the, the wife of Benjamin, um, Maria Torres. We have a stepdaughter, Teresa Chidez. We have um, two grandchildren, um, Fernando Aragon and Carmen Sandoval. Um, so we will be hearing from them this morning, getting their take on, on their experience with um, what has happened um, with this tragedy. Um, what's been going on uh, with the media, with the police department, with the community, um, with people coming together to try to, to solve this, this horrible crime and to, to see justice done for their family and, and for our community. So John, would you um, like to start with the family? Yes, these, this is my family now. <laughs> this is my family now. Um, we see each other and talk to each other on, on an um, almost everyday basis. And um, um, Reese has, has came out to plenty of our rides. The family has came out to um, a few of our events. They supported our, think, our Christmas give back. Um, they came back, came there, and hung out with us all day. So, like, th this is my family now. It's not like if I'm not happy to see them, you know, and um, not surprised to see them here because, you know, I love these people now. It's just a whole different level. So, um, you know, what we want to just, just go over is um, a few things. Like, um, first of all, introduce yourselves to, to the people um, so they can understand who you guys are and, 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 and the cause of, of um, what we're doing over in Gardena. Racy? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll introduce myself first. I'm Teresa Chilas, a.k.a. Reese Cha on Facebook. Um, and I'm here because my stepfather was killed on his way to work while riding his bicycle. And we're, sorry, um, we're here because we're trying to find justice for him. Um, it's going to be six months now. and. We have gotten, received a lot of help from John, Eastside writers, and um, you know, folks. I'm we sorry. what, what we have like to do is we got to remember that um, the family is still in mourning. Um, 
from what happened. So what we're doing is we just want to get the word out. Um, so we will get a little emotional. Um, all of us here will get a little emotional. But at the same time, we want to make sure we understand this story and get it out there. So um, what we do is we'll, we'll go to Fernando and talk to him a little bit about the, the um, what, what happened and, and what we're trying to do. John, before you start, um, would you say how you came to meeting the Torres family? <laughs> this is this is this is a interesting piece. Um, we had just finished doing a black and brown unity ride over from East LA to Watts with Ovarian Cycles, and um, one of one of the guys who rode with us was riding back home. He lived on 136th, I think, in Gardena, and he was riding back home up 135th and um, seeing the ghost bike. Now, this all happened for one reason, for us to get together and do this. He seen the ghost bike. Him and his son rode down to Vanez and, and Gardena, turned around and was coming back. When they was coming back to check out the ghost bike, um, Reese and her sister was pulling up, if I remember correct, um, they was pulling up to light candles. Right. And, That's um, correct. <laughs> and, and he stopped and started talking to him. And he called me like immediately and said, um, yo, it's this family. They're trying to get the word out about um, hit and run in the community. Um, are you guys down to come do this uh, bike ride with them? Immediately I say yes. You know, uh, we, we didn't know them, but I say yes. Uh, we met with um, Reese and her mom over at Raleigh Park in Gardena. And um, we talked about um, how can we get this out? How can we get this word out? How can we get people to come down and, um, and, and join this ride? Um, we set it up, Reese and her mom, um, you know, they didn't think that, that they just wanted to get a ride out with the family, you know, to get the word out and, and family and friends. So we came out, we, um, we did what we had to do. We did a nice route in the area. We went back to the memorial site and, um, and had a little, had a little food and, and the next month it grew and grew and grew. And right now we we have um, the Los Riders Bicycle Club that come out and roll with us, which we are together, the United Riders. <laughs> but um, the point is, is that we are bringing more people together um, around this cause of uh, of cyclists hit in the community. The Torres family helped us understand more of what we needed to do in our community because Eastside Riders at that point was at a standstill of what we need to be doing in the community, and this helped us understand another cause that we need to take on. So we promised them that um, we'll continue to ride with them um, every month, every month. So um, it'd be the, like today. We're riding today, tonight, 3.30. Um, well, I guess you won't know tonight, but, yeah, we will be riding tonight, 3.30 <laughs> at, uh, at the park over there. So um, just a little bit more um, if, from, from, from what they know um, and what, what they want to do. Should we go back to Fernando? Yes. Yes. Okay, Fernando, you're on, buddy. Talk to me. Wait, I can't hear. Um, well, I'm Fernando. I was I'm the grandson of Benjamin Torres. Um, if it wasn't for the East Side Riders, we probably would have just been riding up and down the block with our family and friends. So, yeah, we w we had no idea what to do. I just told my mom like people need to needed to know what happened because it was wrong and we weren't gonna like settle for an unanswered case like sure. because this was really bad. So if it wasn't for them, we would, yeah, we would still be riding like up and down the block, back and forth, like little kids. <laughs> so what he's trying to say is that we took this route 
and we did a little route around um, the Gardena area. So if you know Gardena, we went up um, Van to El Segundo, and then we, we turned on Crenshaw and then came back up 135th, the first four months, I think it was. Last month, we decided to take our rally to, to City Hall. <laughs> so we rode over to City Hall, and um, we, we tried to cause a little ruckus so they can come out and see what we was up to. But um, no one came out, unfortunately. We did not, not, no cops came out to see why we was there. Um, they didn't come out to question us. They didn't come out to tell us to get off their statues that we was taking pictures on. It was like no one was in the police station. So we got back on the bikes and rode back to, to um, where the ghost bike is. And, um, and we, we, we talked like we always do after the ride. Okay. Um, and you talked about going to City Hall. That's something that I'll, I'll want to get back to later because we do need to get the government officials involved in this because we, our lives have value and something needs to be done about it. We need to talk about this. Maybe we need to have some phone calls. Um, maybe we need to do letters. Um, we need to do some more of the demonstration in front of City Hall. So um, I want to talk about that some more later. But with um, Fernando, um, when, when this <coughs> tragedy happened, um, how did it affect you um, directly? Directly? My, well, my mom got pulled me out of school. And then, like, typically, like, any, like, high school would, any, any student would. They don't want to be in school. So at first, I was like, yes, I don't have to be here anymore. Then I got in the car, and my mom told me. And then I thought it was like she was joking, like a really bad like joke. And then when she told me, I just started crying because I was really close to him. And then, um, and then, it just felt like it, like my like in the matter of seconds, like everything that I thought at one point was just like taken away because you like never you you really don't know what you have until it's gone because it happened like so suddenly and without like. Like he was still per like perfectly fine, so it was just like a big surprise, and um, sorry um, I mean I was just really close to him. I would talk to him every day when he got home from work. So it's just like losing. It's just like losing one of your really close friends, but he was he's my grandpa, so like, yeah, we had that relationship, and um. It just sucks, like, coming home and then not, like, knowing that he's not there. But, I don't know, it's just hard still. Thank you for, for sharing that. And, and what do you remember about your grandfather um, related to bikes and him riding his bicycle? Oh, uh, he, would, he would be on his bike every day. And he, like, I would make fun of him because he had so many <laughs> lights on him, like, all around his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he would have he would have lights on his tires, on on his bike, on the handlebars, on the basket, anywhere he could like put it to. He would, like even if it didn't clip on, he would just duct tape it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he was making sure that you could see him. Yeah, yeah, and that's very important as a as a bicyclist. We need to remain visible. So that's that's a a, a wonderful memory that you you have about him, and that's something that you'll be able to hold on to forever. So thank you for sharing that. And, and um, I would like to hear from, from Mrs. Torres. Um, and Mrs. Torres um, speaks Spanish, so we will have um, Teresa interpreting for her. 
So, um, Mrs. Torres, I have um, no idea what type of experience this has been for you because I haven't lost um, a spouse before. Um, but um, if you could share with us what your experience has been and um, what you hope um, will come from this. Se le entendió. ¿Qué, ¿Qué es lo que siente? Que ella nunca ha perdido a, a un ser querido o esposo de inmediata. ¿Cómo es lo que se, se siente usted ahorita? Es muy duro para mí. El, el día que yo supe que lo, lo habían atropellado, yo pensé. Yo no creí que era él porque él se iba a las cuatro y media de la mañana. Y para la hora que llegó la policía, yo no creía que era él. Fue muy duro para mí porque él era un buen hombre. Nos la llevábamos muy bien, quería a mis nietos, a mis hijos, a pesar de que no son hijos de él. Se llevaba bien con ellos. Y teníamos pensado comprar una casa. Pero ya no. Todos nuestros sueños se destruyeron. Es duro para mí porque él, él no era un señor que, que le gustaba salirse solo a la calle. Él compartía muchas cosas conmigo. Los fines de semana, los viernes o cada 15 días nos íbamos a bailar porque a él le gustaba ser alegre y quería que yo estuviera contenta. Él no me dejó trabajar desde, desde que yo lo conocí. Nunca me dejó trabajar porque yo ya había trabajado para mis hijos. Y él era muy buena gente. Y yo estoy muy agradecido con toda la gente que nos ha apoyado, a pesar de que nunca los hemos visto. Y yo no pensaba que, que en este mundo hubiera tanta gente tan bonita como ellos, que nos han apoyado hasta ahora. Y espero que haya justicia. Porque esto no, no está bien. Tienen los mismos derechos. De, de compartir el, el camino, los de las bicicletas, de los carros. Él, aunque estuviera lloviendo, él nu nunca quería que yo lo llevara al trabajo. Entonces siempre él agarraba su bicicleta, hasta traía su, su traje del agua para cuando llovía, y se lo ponía y se venía. Y, y yo todavía ahora, hasta ahorita, se me hace como un sueño lo que haya pasado, porque se me hace imposible. Es una cosa imposible lo que está pasando. Yo quisiera que si el que es, lo haya hecho, que se entregue. Así para saber que va a haber justicia. Porque no está bien. Ok, let me make that. Um, my mom <coughs> loved Benji very, very much. And her dreams were shattered when she heard the news there was no way in the world she able she even knew it was actually happening it was the, her biggest nightmare um my mom loved him very much and benji never <coughs> benji never actually allowed her to work the minute 
Teme, well, not the men at Teme, but <laughs> <laughs> they were each other's soulmates. They did everything together. Their dream was to buy a home. But unfortunately now, everything has, her dreams, actually, they're all, they've disappeared now that he's gone. I mean, they they were inseparable. It's like everything they would do together, they would go out dancing every weekend. They're each other's best friends. And rain or shine, my mom used to, um, she used to want to give um, Benji rides sometimes with, to work, you know, like he, he even had his own raincoat, but he would never allow her to give her a ride to work because, you know, he enjoyed the freedom of being able to ride on his bicycle. And, you know, and there's times I know she wishes that, you know, he would um, let her, but I mean, he was his own person and my mom wants to find justice for uh, the person that did this. I mean, her wish is at least, you know, for the person to come forward and just say, hey, you know what, I, I did it. Have, you know, have some type of a uh, remorse or, you know, like just come forward and deal with what you you did, you know, it's. She just wanted some type of justice. She's uh, completely shattered, and I mean, it's gonna take a minute. Who knows? I mean, it's uh, it's really, really, really hard. Her dream, you know, her soulmate's gone. Nothing, nothing, no one or anything will replace her. My um, my heart hurts for your family. Um, listening to your story. Um, and we do want to find justice, and hopefully this um, this show will help to make that happen. Um, why did um, did Benji ride a bike? Like, what was the reason? His main reason on why he rode a bike? He rode a bike because he said it would waste gas going to work. So he'd rather let my grandma sleep in the middle of the night when he had to go to work, and him leave like an hour earlier or hour. Yeah, an hour earlier before work so he could get there another hour early so that there's, like, no cars there and he could just ride because it basically he didn't want to waste gas. Okay, so he was saving money. Yeah. <laughs> saving money. Okay, okay. Um, John? Oh, I'm sorry. We, um, we haven't heard from young Karma. Mm -hmm. Karma, what are your memories of your grandfather and his bike? I don't know. He was just like always really silly. And I remember one time I I got home like on a Saturday and, and he had just got home. Well, no, he was there and then he was gonna go to the donut shop because he would always go to the donut shop and get his donuts. And then he was showing me his muscles on his legs and he was like, "Look at my muscles." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then he was like, like I, "I couldn't." It was weird. And then. He was like, you know where I get it from? I was like, where? He was like, because I ride my bike every day. Look, if you ride your bike, I'm like, you're going to get muscles like me. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was always showing me his muscles, and he was always showing me how strong he was. And then he was just, like, always, like, really silly. Like, I don't know. We, I remember one time me and my cousin, we were, well, Fernanda, we were in the room, and then we were always make silly, we always make silly faces to each other. And then he was on the little pull-up bar, and he was making weird faces. And... He just always like really loved riding his bike. I was at my friend's house one time, and then my grandma was gonna come pick me up. But then Fernando and Benji came to pick me up, and then 
he had this little seat on the back, like a little metal plate on the back of his bike, and then he, <laughs> he came to pick me up, and I was sitting on there, and then my pretty was, he was just laughing and taking pictures of me, and then we were just all like on the bike, and pretty was riding a skateboard, and he was just taking pictures, and Veggie was just laughing. I think that was like one of the, the awesomest awesomest memories we had together. It was fun. That's really cool. I'm, I'm glad that, that you have those type of memories and those are the things that you'll be able to keep with you forever. You'll always have that. You'll always have those things. John, um, in your interaction with the family, um, I know you've gotten really close with them. Um, what have you seen, and, and this is for the family as well, how has um, the police or the police department responded to this incident? Have they been supportive? Or, like, what what's what's happened with that? Well, <clears throat> from what from what I've been seeing and trying to get in touch with the Gardena PD is um, they're not responding to to me um, getting in touch with them. They're not even responding to a request to come help us with the ride as to um, sending maybe a car down to shadow us or um, some bike some bike patrol to roll with us. It's like, to me, they they just like, okay, it's an incident that happened, but um, we couldn't find anyone within our time. So it's not a cold case yet, but it's not a priority case to us. Um, why, the reason why we're doing this ride, so it don't become a cold case. Um, I know um, Reese sends them every month that we're doing a ride. Uh, and let them know. Send them a, 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 a flyer. Am I correct, Reese? You know, I we did let them know about it the, our very first ride, but uh -huh. you know, like with the attention that we've been getting right. from them, I'm like, you know what? They they know about it already, and obviously we went to them last weekend and or last, last bike ride last <laughs> month, uh, and they didn't come out. I mean, yeah. So, so they are aware of that. We were we were gonna do it every month. Yeah, the last that time we, we saw them, uh, well, they did come out when we got back to yeah. the scene and told us we had to get out the street. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. so they came to tell you to get out of the street, but yeah. not to be supportive of the ride and, and to find um, justice for this. Right, right. So what 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 I've been doing lately is um, I found some some success, and um, that if we put these names on Facebook and we and we attach what we're doing to those names, so just say the city of Gardena. And then we put the bike ride that's coming up that people actually pay attention to it. I found out that um, that all these departments have um, social media um, groups that actually take care of their social media. So they are seeing what we're posting if you attach their names. Um, so um, I I'm starting to attach their names, starting to attach the media um, names to, to our events. Um, and we're calling the media out also because um, if this – was was let's say on Palace Verde, then this would have been covered on on the um, on the news, and it would have been much attention to to this um, to this incident. But since it's in us, you could say almost South LA, or uh, in a community where where you know it, it's hard for us to to get what we need done in the first place, um, it's like swept under the rug. But that's something that we're not going to let happen. We're going to continue to um to shine light on this um but maybe um i don't know um if danny um from ghost bikes might have um had 
any um, different interaction with with PD trying to get this story out, or because he's one of the ones that helped, and I think he brought out the the ghost bike and painted it and put it there. Danny from Ghost Bikes, um, so he might be um, a person that have a different view on what what um, the media is trying to do or the police depart- department is trying to do, also. Okay, and Danny is on the line with us. Good morning, oh, Danny. Welcome to Bike Talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I haven't had any interactions with the uh, Gardena PD. Matter of fact, um, if uh, ghost bikes are placed either by you know people in the Ghost Bikes LA group, and there's there's a bunch of us, um, we kind of stay away from the police. We kind of you know do our own thing, and we try and do it anonymously so that you know we're basically doing it for the community and for the families um, involved. But yeah, we 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 definitely try and stay away from that side of you know we we're we're not necessarily trying to create a problem in the community we're trying to raise awareness mm-hmm. and to just the act of putting up a ghost bike that's that's what we're contributing to to this cause and uh you know we don't like doing it and it's not right. something that that we uh you know we like to do but it's something that we have to do we feel okay um Teresa, have you? What type of media have you received um, regarding um, your stepfather's case? Has anything happened? Has it has it been on the news? Has it been in the paper? Has it been online? Like what? It has not been on the news, but I did um, on the very first day that the accident happened. I remember my nephew Fernando actually went over and um, was trying to tell my sister Veronica, you know, like, hey, we need to find the person that did this, you know, do something. Mom, you know, like, his mom was, she always knew, she always, she's always the solver of everything. So he's like, okay, if you put on the news, they're going to catch the person that did it. So, of course, my sister uh, contacted the Daily Breeze, and they were able to put a story out with the Daily Breeze, and I believe Larry, Larry's the one that wrote the story. And I know um, we've had Streets blog, Sarah wrote an article on the, um, Bike in LA actually posted another uh, letter. Uh, I mean, you know, like uh, he, they covered the story, and there was a n- few other um, sites that you From know. USC last week. USC, I mean, last month. Last month, yes, I had um, a USC journalist who actually joined the bike ride. Like she was there um, taking pictures. That was um, I believe uh, Meng Meng um, mm-hmm. was there also, and uh, of course Danny. Danny, you know, placed the ghost bike. And he covered the. St- he put the put on his site also. Yeah. And um. And most writers, these are writers, but I mean, it actually never actually caught uh, the media attention. Like I know I tried to contact like the news, news um, reporters or news stations, but I never received the feedback from them. And yeah, I wish you know it's like part of me. It's like <coughs> I wish they would come out and they were actually there and covered it when it first happened. But I mean. Uh, I don't know. All we can There's do is fight point. and go yes. from here. So we're just doing us everything we could. Okay. Um, I was um, thinking about has um, the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition um, um, put anything out? Because I did see, I saw an email maybe a few weeks ago for a ride that um, it was... Um, regarding a cyclist who got hit in Griffith Park. And um, there was a reward offered as well. And I saw that LACBC um, 
was promoting that ride. So I was wondering, have they gotten involved? Have have they been notified about this so that they um, know because they have a, a much broader reach. They they know about this. Um, we deal with LACBC um, all the time, and um, I let them know. Um, I think I'm not sure, but I did send over to um, to their media guy to um, put this on their calendar every month that we do this ride. Now, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it promoted, but, you know, um, we, we do send them emails and send them Facebook messages to let them know that we're doing this ride because we know they have a, a broader reach. And what we really want to do, we want to have, you know, two, three hundred riders um, supporting this cause. I mean, we got 2,500 people coming out for critical mass, which is just a bike ride through the streets. This is a great cause right here. I mean, this is a cyclist who, who was killed. Every every cyclist should be there riding on this ride because it can be any one of us at any given time. And if it was me, I would want the same thing to be happening in the community. I would want people to be doing a bike ride um, just to bring justice, even if it just if it wasn't every month, if it was just one time. I would love for everybody to be out there riding the streets um, in the name for me. I mean, in my name. But it, it's like this is not important to a lot of cyclists until it's one of their friends. And, and, and that bothers me. Um, yeah. because um, it, it can be any one of us. The cyclist community is a very tight-knit cyclist community, especially when you go on the west side. You know, it, you, you see on the west side, these guys are riding down the streets, and, and, and they know each other. And it seems like we're a different group because we're, we're not we're not known to, to ride bikes um, just for leisure, you know. And now that we're, that we're picking it up and doing it, we're breaking into that area of um, people getting to know us and we ride bikes and we do bike rides and we have fun. So now it's it's more, we're, we're crossing over. So um, our thing is like the LACBC, yeah, they should step up more of what they're, of what they're covering, a broader reach, um, and, 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 and cover these things. These, this is important. I mean, a fun, Sunday fun ride is important, but this ride is very, very important also. Yeah. Okay, LACBC, we're calling you out. Calling you out. We um we we want to um make sure that um this bike ride, the Benjamin Torres a memorial ride, um, gets some attention um, with the LACBC and with their um, members. And we also um, believe that we're a complete bike community. We're part of that community. We're not invisible because we live. Um, <coughs> in an area where there is a majority of people of color or there's an, a majority of people that are from low income. We're still a part of the bike community and we want to be recognized for that. So so we need your help in, in getting the word out so that we can find um, the person who did this to Benjamin and get some justice. Um, so, so we're reaching out to you um, and hopefully you'll reach back. Um, so um, we were, we were talking with um, with Danny about the the ghost bikes and the the work that he's doing. And and Danny, would you like to share some more about what your project is and how it started? Well, sure. I mean, ghost bikes started in the early '90s um, back in Midwest of the U.S. and now it's spread out worldwide. And uh, for more information, you can go to the defunct website ghostbike.org, which they don't. You know, it's it's basically the the, the website that encompasses ghost bikes, you know, in all of pretty much the whole the whole U.S. and yeah. even Europe. But uh, our 
local website, which is just a Facebook page, is Ghost Bikes Los Angeles or Ghost Bikes LA. Um, and that, you know, gives you all the lowdown on all anything happening, you know, in Southern California. And uh, one of the things that uh, my partner, Kat Jarvis, and I have been doing is we've been documenting ghost bikes since um, late 2011. We've been following and mirroring the people that have been putting up ghost bikes in Southern California. And uh, I've been documenting them, um, and we've made a short film. Um, After we finished uh, that short film and screened it, we noticed that we had hours of footage that we could actually have enough to do a full 60-minute documentary on ghost bikes in Southern California. So that's what we're currently working on right now. Um, A lot of the people that we have put up ghost bikes for, some of the families like, you know, Reese and her mom, and they, you know, said, hey, how can we be a part of this project, and even John, and we'd be happy to have them on and filming them and interviewing them, of course. But uh, one thing that I wanted to mention about um, Benjamin Torres is that he was he was hit and killed on uh, West 135th Street and uh, Wilton Place. And if you Google map that area, and one thing that that hit me when I went and put that ghost bike at that intersection is that very very close to where he was hit is a fire station. You know, I'm talking like the very next driveway. So this person who did this horrible, horrible thing of, 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 of leaving someone there, you know, hurt, all they had to do is, is literally walk or even throw a rock at, yep. at the fire station that's literally the very next driveway. And that just, like, pisses me off. Like, you wouldn't believe. I mean, I, I, I was so upset. I was like, there's... there's there was help right there. All they had to do is, like, knock on the door. I mean, who knows what the outcome would have been. Yeah, it's um, amazing how a person can um, be just completely void of feelings. Like, you're a human being, so if I was in that place, or if it was one of my loved ones, there's no way that I could not respond, that I could not stop. And I wanted to tell a, uh, a quick story um, about an experience I had maybe maybe two months ago that <coughs> really um, made me think about this, this case with, um, with Benjamin on a completely different level. So I was um, out running an errand with my mother and I was driving. So um, I... Um, went to Cal State Long Beach to look at, like, they have these, um, they have these um, bike stands that um, I'm interested in seeing throughout Long Beach where you can do, like, uh, repairs, and the tools are attached to the stands so no one can steal them. So I thought that was a great idea, so I wanted to go and take a picture of them. So I'm leaving campus um, at Cal State Long Beach, and I've stopped at the light, and I'm waiting for a light, and there's um, cars at all the intersections, and... I see a runner um, run up on the side of the street that doesn't have a sidewalk, um, and she's waiting for the light to change to cross over um, towards the campus. So the street I'm on is on, I'm on Beach, um, Beach Street, and the girl is on Bellflower, which is a, a busy street. So she stopped at the light, waiting for the light to change. The light changes. 
the girl um, steps into the street to start her run to cross the street to campus, and a car comes flying full speed and hits her right in front of me. And it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Um, I hope to never experience anything like that again. And um, I saw the woman being thrown into the air, like I don't know how many feet, um, and then for her body to land. Now, the car, I don't know what the driver was doing, but the car did not brake, did not slow down at all. So he didn't realize that the, the light was red. So I don't know if he was distracted, the sun was in his eye, I don't know what the deal was. But um, maybe five, six people went over um, to assist the girl. Um, the driver did stop, and um, I was stopped at the light in shock for I don't know how, how many minutes where I couldn't respond because mm-hmm. it, this was something that was so unreal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When I, when I finally got it together, I made a U-turn and I, I parked um, on, on the opposite side of the street from where I was. And I'm like, okay, I called 911 and um, a bunch of other people were on their phones calling 911 and then some more people rushed over to, to assist this lady. Um, and afterwards, my day was just, it was just, it, was, it just sucked, it was horrible. Um, I didn't ride my bike for a week after that because I was afraid. Uh, That shocked me to a point, and it scared me to a point where I was afraid to ride my bike for a week. And I'm not a fearful person. Like, I ride through anywhere. I've ridden on the freeway. I, like, I'm not a fearful person at all. And that made me think, that could have been me. That could have been me, or that could have been one of my family members or one of my dear friends. Um, That could have been someone who was connected to me. And I didn't know this girl at all. Um, So it really made me think about how we need to have infrastructure in place for bikes and for pedestrians. That area um, at Cal State Long Beach is a very busy area. Cars are speeding through that area all the time. Um, So we need to see some stricter laws and um, we need to see some stricter um, laws about people who hit cyclists and pedestrians, even if they're, even if it's not alcohol or drug related. Um, we need to see more um, infrastructure in place for um, people biking and walking. Um, so the infrastructure, um, I believe, would be a significant um, improvement to safety on the roads for cyclists. So if Benjamin was on a, on a, riding on a street that had a bike lane, or if it had a separated bike lane, um, the traffic on that street would be slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the laws on, um, I was reading um, some articles about um, if we slow traffic down to like 20 miles per hour compared to like 35 miles per hour on the street, if someone were to be hit by a car going at 20 miles per hour, they're more likely to survive that crash rather than someone being hit by a car going faster at like 35 miles per hour or faster. Mm-hmm. So your likelihood of being uh, of survival at 35 miles per hour are a lot less. Like they, it, it increases significantly um, by mile. And so, even if you have a helmet on, you yeah, know. Um, even if you, even if you do impact. have a helmet. Yeah. yeah. So if you, so if we can slow cars down um, on the roads, it makes it saf- safer for everyone. So for the bicyclist, for the, the walker, for the runner, 
and for the person that's driving in the car. So I think that's something that we really, really need to focus on is getting more um, bike infrastructure in areas where there are people who look like us that are people of color, people who <coughs> are um, from low-income areas. We need to make this a priority and start talking about it. We need to get the communities involved and really understand the importance of getting this infrastructure in place in our neighborhoods. Not This isn't just for people who have money or just for for older white men. It's not just for them, it's for all of us. Right. It's for the person who rides their bike to work. It's because they have to, or because they want to. It's for the person who wants to play in their neighborhood, um, but they don't have bike infrastructure to ride around, so it's not safe for them. Um, and one of the other things that um, I am realizing we really need to do is to get the um, government officials involved. So um, I don't know if a campaign has been started with phone calls, to um, city council members, to um, Congress people, uh, so that we can bring attention to this case. So letters, phone calls, and then the demonstrations that you're doing at City Hall, um, right. those type of things need to increase. And people, we want to get the word out to the community that this is something like our voice counts. Yep. Um, it carries weight. And we need to voice our opinions and, and voice our, our concerns so that um, so that we can be safe in our communities, so that we can get justice, and that we can have um, not have things like um, what has happened to, to Benjamin ever happen again. Um, and, and, and just to go back to your story, you was just the person that that seen, you was just the person that seen this happen. You wasn't the person that was involved in this accident, and you was stuck numb. Now, to the person that did, how, how could they live with, with this on them? Yeah, um, how could they live with this on them? Any hit and run, how could you live with that on you? Um, it, just, I've I seen the person get hit before, and 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 it just, it, it did the same thing to me. And, and, and before, I, I seen a lady who was who was in the street and cars was running over this lady, and and it's like they thought it was it was like a lot of trash in the street, but they didn't know it was a person there, and and I don't know how I spotted that it was a person there, but you know it was it was it's like how do you live with these things? You don't stop, you don't you don't think I mean you're just thinking about how can I get away with it? So, you know I don't want to be caught. I don't want to be doing the crime. I don't want to be doing the time for this crime. So, it's like we need to get as humans, we need to just go ahead and, and just say, you know, I messed up. I, I messed up. I need to go to the to the station and, and, and just whatever happens, happen. You know, um, I need to go and say it was an accident. I need to bring, you know, the evidence in. And, and whatever um, auto body shop that fixed this car, I mean, they know. They know something happened. I think auto body shops should have to report any accidents that come in that's not insurance case to the police departments. So then um, if it's a crime out there, at least the police departments can come and check it out and make sure that it wasn't in a hit and run or something like that or they just backed into a tree or whatever it might be before they fix this car. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a, a, a great idea. And that's something that um, I think is part of a campaign to find justice in the phone calls and in the letters then that, that's something that should be included and stated again and again and again until it starts to get some attention. And um, hopefully it'll be something that could be implemented because, I mean, this is a senseless crime. Um, and for someone to be able to, to sleep at night after um, hitting someone, so even if 
um, if it was in the wee hours in the morning and it was dark um, and they didn't see him. You know you hit something. Yes, you know that you your car made contact with something, so you would stop. Like, where's your conscience? So, so I, I pray that um, the person who did this would um, would step forth, and I pray that if he doesn't or she doesn't, if someone knows about this, um, if they um, have uh, heard someone talking about it, if they got a tip to share, that they do contact the, the police department so that um, justice can be served because it needs to happen and the family needs for this to happen so that they can get some, some type of closure um, on this case and be able to, to, to move on and, and honor the, the memory of, of Benjamin knowing that justice has been served for, for them and their family. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about um, before we go on a break is um, Infrastructure is probably the most important thing um, that we need to have in our communities for us to be safe, safer on the roads as cyclists. The next thing would be bike education. Um, it's very important that we educate people who ride bikes. It's also very important that we educate people who drive cars around people who ride bikes. So um, we need a serious bike education campaign to be launched throughout the U.S. and especially in our area here um, in, in Southern California. So people need to understand how to ride their bikes in traffic, um, what their responsibilities are, the rules of the road, um, how to remain predictable and visible. So uh, Fernando was talking about how um, Benjamin would have all these lights, like he was lit up on his bike. <laughs> well. That's what we want. We want to be visible. It's important that we we have lights on our bike when we're riding early in the morning when it's dark or, or at night um, when it's dark. So we need to have um, lights on the front of our bike, a white light in the front and a red light in the back. Um, we need to have reflectors on our bike. We need to wear reflective clothing. So, like, I have this bright yellow jacket that has um, reflective uh, piping on it. So... When a, a car is behind me, their light will, they'll see me because I have on this light colored jacket, but also the reflectors on my jacket um, will cause me to be a lot more visible. So um, we want to um, make sure that um, people are, are visible um, when they're on the road and that they're as, as light and as bright as possible. Um, we want to make sure that people are um, riding the right way in traffic, that they're going with traffic and not against traffic, because that's one of the main reasons on um, why we have um, accidents with people riding the wrong way on the street, because cars aren't expecting you. So for, in some, for some reason, people think that if I ride, the, ride my bike the wrong way, um, cars will see me better. But the, the reality is, is they're not expecting you, so there's a greater likelihood that you'll be in a crash with them. Um, and riding on the sidewalk, those are things that, that are really common um, with bicyclists. So we are going to take a break um, right now, and then um, we'll get back um, with our guests and, and callers.
first Saturdays on Bike Talk Radio with the with um, Benjamin Torres's family. So um, earlier we had um, Mrs. Torres give um, her thoughts about her what's happened with this experience with um, losing her husband, and um, Teresa was um, interpreting, but it was very emotional for everyone. Um, so there were a couple things that um, Fernando um, recalled. Um, that were left out in the translation. So he's going to, to share those with us. And these are the, the thoughts of um, Mrs. Torres. Um, she said that everything that she was looking forward to, buying a house and all like growing old with him and all of that stuff is like taken away from her. And she basically that's not fair to her because no one's like came forward and said anything. And um, another thing she said is that we weren't blood related to him. He had no kids and he didn't talk to his like blood family when they only lived like 10 minutes away. But uh, he like, he loved all of us. Like if we were his kids, that's what he would call us. Like he would call my little cousins, like his, his granddaughters and I was his Nino. And um, like every little thing he did, he would like walk into the liquor store. He would take my little cousins and he would buy us all something. And um. That's just like the kind of man he was. He like if he had, if say if you like finished your food already and he still had like a piece of chicken left, he would still offer his food to you. That's just like the kind of person he was. So he just had a really big heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It sounds like, and I never got to meet him, unfortunately, but it sounds like he was a wonderful man to to know and to, to have him in your life, and um, that he is definitely missed. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I actually kind of just met him a couple of days ago um, through a video, um, and I got to see a little bit of his uh, his his friendliness and joking around. So now I feel like if I met him and kind of know him a little bit better, I think me and him would have got along real well. Oh, that's so cool! <laughs> that yeah, is so cool is, that you got to see the video. A goofball. <laughs> um, so we want to know um, actually what what were the details of this this crime. So if you guys could let us know um, the date that it happened, the time, um, where, and what does the family want to see happen um, with this with this case? Okay, um, it happened on October 10th, 2012, and the, the on the police, re police report, it actually says that uh, the accident actually happened around 4.30 in the morning. And, of course, he was hit from behind, according to the details. And he had he ended up having multiple traumatic injuries on his left side of his head. And um, we didn't get in contact with the police department until they came over to our house around 10.30ish in the morning. Um, we haven't really received much details of the accident due to, you know, it being under, it's it's a case, an open case. Um, and until this moment, you know, like we're still trying to figure out who did it. You know, the latest news that we have received is that uh, it could be a Ford Explorer or a Mountaineer, uh, purple maroon color. It's a, maybe like a two, uh, 2000, the year is a 2000. 2003. 2003. Yeah, in the Ford Explorer. 
and of course there's there might be damage that there's uh damage on the is it the I think the right, the right side. side. Yeah, the passenger side, the front. And that's basically the details that we have, you know, the closest information that we have to the case. Okay, so if anyone has any information about um, a Ford Explorer or a Mountaineer that's purple purple or maroonish, then they need to um, to speak up. If you have a neighbor or a coworker or you've seen someone um, driving around in um, this color car and they had some damage to the front right side of their car um, that was unexplained, um, please provide a tip and, and who who should they contact if, if, if someone knows anything about this case? Well, I know the contact information, um, I know it was the detective wanted to be contacted, but uh, also, I mean, you guys can email me, reese15 at yahoo.com. And how do you spell Reese? R-E-S-E-E-1-5 at yahoo.com. Okay. And it, is there any other contact information? Um, you can contact my mom at her personal cell phone, which is 310-850-2582. Okay, can you give that one more time? 310-850-2582. Okay, thank you. And I can also provide my cell phone number for Teresa, it's uh, 310-493-2937. Okay, thank you. And and what does the what does the family want? Like, what do you want to see happen from this interview, from um, from this tragic incident incident happening? What do you want to see as a result? Well. Um, we just want to see answers, basically, like just so we can have um, what's the word? What's um, so we can have like closure between our family, because right now it's still like, it's it's a dream, like a living nightmare, and like just like you said, like someone like some auto body shop has to know something, or like all it takes is one person to make a difference, and um, we would just want answers, just so we can have closure and be at ease. So hopefully with this interview, someone could come out and say something like, just have a heart, basically. Okay, yes, yes. Please speak up if you know something. Please reach out to the police department, to the Torres family, um, so that we can get some answers and so that they can get some closure um, and have some justice for this case and have justice for, for Benjamin Torres. Um, were there any um, other um, comments that you wanted to to leave us with um, regarding um, Benjamin or your experience or anything that you want to say to um, the offender? Do you have anything that you want to add, Karma? Um. Okay, that's I, fine. I don't know. <laughs> that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. How about um? Um, the rest of the family, is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Para, para que, si está escuchando la persona que... Que se entregue a la policía, porque cómo puede dormir con esa conciencia sabiendo que mató a alguien que era inocente y que él no le hacía mal a nadie. Él solo iba a su trabajo y que encuentren al culpable. Si no se está escuchando el que lo hizo, que se entregue. De aquí puede salvarse, pero de la ley de Dios no puede. 
Alright, um, she said, you could save yourself from here, but with God, you know you'll do wrong. So, eventually, you'll get what you deserve. And, um, she also said that, just come forward, like, please just come forward, so our family can be at ease, basically. Thank you. Yes, please come forward and, um, and let the police department know um, that this is something that you were involved in so that um, you can sleep at night and so that this family will be able to have some justice and some closure for this, um, this, tragic, this tragic incident with Benjamin Torres. And um, earlier um, off the air, we were talking about um, what needs to happen to make it safer for other bicyclists that are, that are on the street. So unfortunately, we lost Benjamin Torres, but we don't want to lose any other cyclists because of this, because our streets aren't safe. And, and one of the things that, that we can do is to support the three-foot bill and to reach out to Governor Brown to um, ask him to support this bill and to pass this bill because it would give us three feet, um, cars three feet from a cyclist um, so that they're safe on the roads and when they're passing by, they have to have at least three feet um, between them so that you're not being, as a cyclist, you're not being hit by a mirror or um, from the speed of a car or the, the wind gush as a car passes by you um, or just that they're too close and they actually hit you. Um, this is something that's very important um, in our community for everyone and not just for the cyclists. It's, it's important um, for the drivers as well because no one wants to, to be involved in a and um, a crash between, a, between anyone, let alone um, a, a car and a, a bicyclist. So um, we want to reach out and support the, um, the three-foot bill. We want to reach out to our um, other government officials, um, the city council, um, our, our representatives for our area, and we need to start doing, uh, making phone calls um, to these individuals. We need to start writing letters and we need to um, start doing the more of the demonstrations that you're already doing with the memorial ride that you're doing monthly um, so that this gets some attention and that it makes it safer for everyone on the road. And um, hopefully we'll see, um, we'll see more of an interest in getting this bike infrastructure um, throughout our um, communities and speci specifically in um, our underserved communities. So, where people who, um, who people of color, people that are low income, um, we need to get them involved in this campaign as well because it's their family that's being affected too. So we have a voice and we need to use it. So we need to start calling, writing, and I think this is um, something, John, that that um, we should get together on if you haven't started to organize it already. Um, something that we should get together on and do. So. Is it that we have another caller? Okay, so we have a caller on the air. Um, good morning. Welcome to First Saturdays on Bike Talk. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, is this Ron? Yes, it is. Um, thank you for calling in. Yes. You the man with the plan. So right here we with the with the Torres family. We got Reese, Mom, Fernando, in in the room with us. And um, just just you know your experience with the um, with the whole. Uh, ghost bikes and, and, and the Benjamin Torres ride. Just give us a little bit of that. Well, hello to everyone again. And my experience with uh, Benjamin Torres, it's a real inspiration. 
Yeah, we done lost him again. We lost Ron. So, um. Are you there, Ron? Yeah, I'm there. Okay, sorry about that, Ron. Ron, we are having some technical difficulties, and we are actually coming to the end of the show. So, um, we want to hear from you, but um, we're going to have to hear from you quickly, please. Well, that's what I was just trying to say real quick. This is a real inspiration just to get the word out about the awareness of cycles and the things that's going on. That's what's up, man. And uh, thanks for continuing to support the ride. Thanks for um, continuing to help the the family when we're there. You know, smile. You know, you put a smile on the face. So thank you very much for that. Yes, sir. And I'll see you all in a few hours. See you in a few hours. Thank you, Ryan. (laughs) Thank you. All right. And I do have the megaphone today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Keep your lane. Get your lane. So um, we, we have about five more minutes before our show is wrapping up. Um, you know, every month we will be doing this bike ride, the Benjamin Torres bike ride, in the community of and starting off at Raleigh, Raleigh Park, 3:30 in the afternoon. You can check the Facebook page um, for the for the date. Um, you can also check the website. It's uh, www.eastsideriders.org, and you can also check on Facebook at facebook.com. Uh, for slash um, Eastside Riders, and you will find all the information that you need for the Benjamin Torres ride. You can also come out to the rides. We really highly encourage folks to come out and join us on these rides because we want to get this word out. Support the the bill, the bill. And Danny, what was that bill again? The bill, um, the three foot law. It's uh, coming up again. Let's see. Um, they're calling it SB one four six four. So hopefully the governor won't veto it again, because if he does, this would be the third time he vetoes your bicycle safety on your streets. So really, uh, the blood is on the governor's hands. That's where it's at. So we all need to get up and and, um, and, and put pressure on the governor to pass this law. I know um, the mayor of L.A., he, he um, signed it. Um, I think the, the county board of supervisors is backing it. So we just need the governor to sign it to make it to come law. So then we can have a little bit more protection on the roads. Yeah, and then we need that. We need that. And, um, John, did you have any other events that are coming up? Oh, man, we have a whole slew of events coming up. Um, um, if you was to join us tomorrow, today we have the um, Benjamin Torres ride. Tomorrow we have um, the bike ride for uh, the ghost bike ride that we're doing with Danny um, down to 43rd. Um, we also have um, a kickball game coming up soon against the Los Riders and the Torres family and other folks in the community. We're going to be having a nice kickball game over at Ted Watkins Park. And then um, for every cyclist out there, Ciclovia is coming. Ciclovia is coming. Ciclovia is coming. So we're taking <laughs> south, the southeast in our community down to uh, downtown L.A. and rolling to, uh, to, the, to Venice Beach. Uh, we'll be meeting up um, with that ride on the 21st of April. Um, everything will be put on the website and on our Facebook, heavily promoted. So please visit our Facebook once again. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash Eastside Riders. And you can also check us out on the on the World Wide Web at eastsideriders.org. Um, please support us and help us continue to support others. Thank you. Thank you. And Danny, did you have um, some contact information so people wanted to find out more about you and, and um, the, the ghost bikes? Sure. I, 
If you want to find out about me personally, I have a website, dannygamboa.com. It's very simple. Um, I show a bunch. It's a photo collage of most of the ghost bikes that I've been following. Danny, how do you spell your last name, please? G-A-M-B-O-A. Okay, thank you. And if you want to follow the documentary that we're making, it's uh, Facebook forward slash ghostbikedocumentary. Okay. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, and um, the Taurus family, one more time, the contact information, if someone has some tips or if they want to find out more um, about what's going on and maybe join in the, the ride or support, um, support your um, awareness um, campaign. Um, you can contact my mom, Veronica, at 310-850-2582. One more time. 310-850-2582. Thank you very much. And um, you can reach me um, if you are looking for bike tours in Long Beach, if you're looking for um, bike training, safety classes, learning how to ride a bike, um, anything related to biking, you can um, um, find me on um, calibiketours.com. That's C-A-L-I, biketours.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter under Cali Bike Tours. And um, this coming month, um, we have National Bike Month, so look out for some events that I'll be planning and being a part of um, for National Bike Month. And um, for April, on April the um, 20th, we are having... Um, an Uptown Renaissance bike tour of North Long Beach. And that one is going to be on Saturday the 20th from 9.30 to 12.30. So you can um, contact me if you want to be a part of that or learn more about it. And I'm also going to be um, teaching, uh, doing a demonstration on um, bike maintenance at the Tour de Carson um, bike event. And that's on April the 13th um, at 9.30. So I'll be there for about an hour teaching. I think it's three sessions on um, basic bike maintenance. I'll probably be um, demonstrating how to change a flat tire as well. So um, I got a bunch of other events going on, but you can um, find me at calibiketours.com or on Facebook under Cali Bike Tours. You can also call me at 562-334-2453. That's 562-334-2453. And thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this was a very important topic, and we hope that you will share this um, share this show with your friends, your colleagues, with your um, local officials to get the word out about finding justice and seeking seeking justice for um, hit and runs and for making our streets safer for for bicyclists. This is something that's very important to all of us as a as a community. So we appreciate your support and, and thank you for listening to us today. Special thank you to the Torres family and Danny for tuning in. I mean, for for being on with us. Um, we we'll, we love you guys. We'll see you guys next month. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, right, you. thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.